0: Hi, I'm the strategist cowboy. This week I am reviewing one Swedish pale ale craft beer and I set it up against an American wheat beer from Virginia. The Swedish Pale Ale beer has got a low ABV for a Pale Ale. The American Wheat beer has got a pretty normal ABV for a wheat beer. The two beers are Stachunens Pale Ale or Stachunens Pale Ale and Optimal Wheat. Our first contestant is a beer from the brewery Rai Rai Brewery in Sjöbo, Scania, at the south end of Sweden. The beer is called Stajunens Pale Ale. The Stajunens Pale Ale beer assortment is brewed with water, barley malt, hops and yeast. The beer is good at least into September 2022, according to the best before date on the bottle and we are in the beginning of April now. The beer has been sitting in my cooler for the whole duration since I purchased it five or six months ago. The Stachunens Pale Ale beer assortment comes in a Swedish standard size 33 centiliters or 11 liquid ounces bottle. The bottle label is one folded and kind of childish or humoristic Blue with the humoristic lyrics about a stationmaster on the back of the bottle. Since it is poetry written in Swedish, I'm not going to bother trying to translate it into English. But consider for a moment an American brewery that would have used poetry on their bottle label. It ain't going to happen unless it is written by Mark Twain or one of the founding forefathers Even the brewery's name is humoristic. Rai Rai means party in teenage lingo. The brewery claims to be the exact opposite to mainstream and they promise high quality on all their beers. Okay. I for one hope that this doesn't mean that the beer have quirky or bizarre tastes because I prefer a beer with a nice flavor. If I want to switch to another taste, I will just drink another type of beer like a stout or a porter, for instance. Rye Rye's website is just an empty space with only the brewery's name and a couple of links to their Facebook page and their Instagram and some contact information. It is on the bottle label, too. The beer costs about 25 Swedish kronor, i.e. two US dollars and 70 cents. One dollar costs 10 Swedish kronor. The cost for this pale ale is about 98 cents per 4 ounces of beer. It is what is expected for an ale, even if the ABV level is kind of low. It can still be a fantastic ale, and you don't need to get drunk to enjoy a good beer. The preferred serving temperature is, according to Systembelaget, between 10 to 12 degrees Celsius, i.e. about 50 to 54 degrees Fahrenheit. That is normal and what is expected. The stationens pale Ale has got a 4.5% ABV. How about the experience then? It's about, uh, let's see here, 3.4 degrees Celsius. If it's correct, I don't know because of this shitty Bosch instrument. But it's in Fahrenheit, uh, 38.1 or something, 38.3. So uh, uh, three point uh, yeah that's about it. It's the correct uh, measured in comparison with the Celsius degrees. But if it's a correct measure of the beer's temperature, real temperature, is a whole other question. It is since this is not a very good tool. I didn't buy the most expensive Bosch tool. Okay, let's see. So I didn't buy the professional Bosch tool. It's got at least More than three fingers tall head. That's good. And the color is uh, yellow and somewhat uh, cloudy, not very cloudy, but a little bit. I can see my fingers through the glass. It's yellowish in color. The aroma is very hoppy and uh, good, good aroma. The first impression is that, uh, let's see when I get through the fold. The first impression I get from this beer is that it is uh, uh, what's it called? Not a pale ale, but an IPA beer. An IPA beer, more like an IPA beer. Yes, definitely an IPA beer. Uh, ha, uh th- so that's my first impression It's crispy kind of uh, it's uh, semi rich semi rich No, it's more rich than uh, semi-rich, but it's uh, it is kind of crispy. It's not very bread-like, but perhaps a bit, a little bit yeasty, and. um, I don't think it's very malty. Maltiness isn't the way I would describe this beer in. It might be malty but there are other flavors that gives another impression. Taste on my palate. Hoppy. Sweetness. No, it's not very sweet. It's not sweet, it's crispy. Bitterness or hoppiness. I'd say that this is a very hoppy beer. And fairly bitter. It's not candy-like. It's orange peely fruitiness in it. There are, or there is an orange peely fruitiness. One moment, excuse me, excuse me again, spices. there there might very well be but it's very hoppy and uh, crispy and it's uh, it gets lost in the IPA taste but it might be some some uh, peppery spice herbs uh, I don't think so The undertone is uh... actually, actually, I would say the undertone is spicy or orange peely. The carbonation level is fairly high. I burped two times already, or very small burps. It's not creamy, of course. If it's an IPA beer, it's it's a pale ale, but it really tastes like an IPA. They should have called it an IPA beer. It's not acidic, and there are no aberrations. I'd say that. uh, How much did did this beer cost? It cost twenty-five Swedish krona. It's. Perhaps it's a little bit of a clovey taste, clove taste in it. Perhaps. Nah, I wouldn't say so. Let's not interpret too much into this beer, like any beer, like I don't do it with any beer. I don't like it. I don't like all the different flavors they throw into the equation when they review beers in many places. Like System Brought itself, perhaps. But uh, too too little is not good either. A few you have to have. And I have a few uh, suggested here in my chart. And uh, I don't see anyone that fits really extra uh, flavor in this or taste in this beer. What about grading then? Okay. Uh, I'm not sure. Excuse me. If I'm going to grade this beer as an IPA beer or as a pale ale. But uh, anyway, I, I'm gonna grade it as a beer. And i, I grade this beer. Uh, seven or eight debits out of 10 possible. Uh, I'd say, to be fair, I have to give it an eight, but uh, I'm not sure I would have done that any day in any week. But today I give it an eight because I feel I think it tastes pretty good for an IPA beer. Too bad it's a pale ale. No, it's not too bad. A pale ale would also be good, but it's not. So, eight devils out of ten possible devils today. And uh, is there anything else I need to say about this beer? It's a little bit uh, too much hoppiness, perhaps, even if, if it can be in a beer, but I think it can. If it had just a little bit less hoppiness in it, it would have be more, more balanced. More well balanced, perhaps. Uh, maybe it's silly of me to think that uh, uh, a beer can be too hoppy. But there are such a thing. There is such a thing as excessiveness. And perhaps this is a little bit excessive in the hops, in how much hops there is in it. I don't know how much hops, I don't even know what hops there are in it, but I I suspect American hops. Because it's a very good beer and American hops are the best, actually, I think, and many Swedes too, I know that for for a fact. So. yeah barley hops uh, water barley malt hops and yeast but not what kind of hops is in it or are in it anyway let's go on to our next let's move on to our next uh, beer our second contestant for this week is the barley and wheat beer optimal wit from the brewery Port City Brewing in Alexandria, Virginia, USA. This wheat beer assortment is Belgian style according to the can. The ingredients in the optimal wheat are barley malt, wheat malt, orange peels, coriander, and paradise grains. Paradise grains whatever that is, and I guess hops and yeast, and certainly spices, as it says so on the can. Wit is spelled W-I-T on the can, and it probably thus has a dual meaning, since the beer assortment is called optimal wit, and it is a white ale, and white is translated into wit in Flemish, albeit pronounced You can't get it all, and it is nice to see the Americans wittingly struggle with another language. No pun intended. I purchased this particular wheat beer just this week. The expiration date on the can says September 2022, if I know the American way of setting a date correctly. The can says 9 slash 12 slash 22. So 9 must be the month. We are in early April now. But much of the text on the can is written in Swedish, which complicates things a bit. But it says best before in English before the stamped date. No pun intended there either. Best before before the stamp date. Okay, the optimal width assortment comes in an American standard size 35.5 centiliters, i.e. 12 liquid ounces can. This beer can has got us this beer can has got a stylish looking one-folded yellow sky and green bottom paper label featuring a wheat field, some flying birds. And a farm windmill and a text with the brewery's name and the beer assortment's name on the metallic color can metallic color can they also explain visually on the can how to pour this beer neat optimal wheat has got an ibu bitterness of 12.5 which is not very high even for a wheat beer but they mention an ibu of 15 at another place on their website And that would be normal for a wheat beer. But actually, both declarations would indicate a normal IBU for a wheat beer. Wheat beers typically have an IBU between 8 and 18. This beer assortment costs about 24 Swedish kronor, i.e. about 2 US dollars and 60 cents. That is 86 cents per 4 ounces of beer. That is surely an acceptable cost for a wheat beer hauled all the way from the U.S. East Coast. The preferred serving temperature is, according to it 8 to 10 degrees Celsius, i.e. about 46 to 50 degrees Fahrenheit. The brewery says nothing on their website, nor do they say anything on the can label about preferred serving temperatures. But Sustenbolaget's given temperature range is about right for a wheat beer. The optimal width has got a 4.9% ABV, 4.9% ABV. How about the experience then? Let's check the temperature on this one too. Maybe it's not the same. That's the former beer. The cooler go goes on and off all the time. 6.3%, Six point three percent, point nine percent Celsius degrees Celsius. That's two point below, two point one below the optimal temperature. And that's 43, 42, 42.0 point oh degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah, so it is. It's, uh, it's about right. Uh, let's see, I have opened it up and I'm, I'm going to pour it like they say on the can. First, the, 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 this beer comes in a bottle too, but I guess only in America. Not in Europe, because I haven't. That's terrific. I dropped uh, beer on my. uh, Not my computer, but my keyboard, uh, which I use. Anyway, uh, let's see, how should I do it? Pour two thirds, swirl, pour rest. Okay. Pour two thirds, swirl and pour rest. But this won't uh, fit in this glass. It's 35.5 centiliters. Okay. Anyway, um, it's about two fingers tall head. It's a yellowish color, very light yellow or white even. Uh, whitish, yellowish. It's uh, cloudy. I can't see my fingers through the glass, but it's barely. Just a shadow of it. It's got a wheat beer um, aroma. Um, The first impression is. Well. A little bit uh, orange peely or lemon peely. It did say I. I think I read here that it was orange peely. No, you yeah yeah. Uh, and paradise grains and coriander. It's a little bit wheat like, anyway. But it's it is a wheat beer, wheat beer, optimal wheat. Like a uh, optimal humor or something. Or clever, optimal clever. Uh, it has gotten 4.9%, 4.9% ABV. I think it's more lemon peel than orange peel, but what what do I know? I don't know. Uh, I've tried better uh, wheat bears, bears, but uh, this is not bad. It's just a matter of taste. Uh, I know, I, I certainly know plenty of people. Who would have preferred this one, before the ones I prefer more? So I, I'm not going to say that it's a bad beer in any way. It's a very good beer. That's f- one funny thing with uh, beer drinkers. I mean, you can almost say almost say what a person likes if you know what, he, what he's liked before when we try, you try a beer with him, the same beer, the same kind of beer, then you know also what he would like in other beers. So you can know the other person's taste. And that's why I can say that this beer would have been preferred by many before the ones I prefer. And I like to be nice, so I, I, I want to say that. Is it rich? Yeah. At least it's flavorful. It is. It's uh, not very bread like, but a bit tasty, I'd say, yeah. I Is it malty? Yeah, perhaps. I don't know. Uh, can a wheat be malty? It's malt. Wheat malt. And uh, uh, what's it called? I had to go up here and look. I forgot. barley malt uh, not so much barley malt as wheat malt yeah i don't know what paradise grains is but coriander i do know and maybe it is coriander like to some level uh like uh, uh, as as an uh, undertone an undertone So, uh, it is malty, but it's wheat malt. And the taste of my palate is uh, sour. A little bit bit sour, it is. Uh, Maybe much, I don't know, I don't think so. But a little bit sour, like lemon sour. But not sweet, it's uh, crispy. This is even more crispy than the former beer, uh, I think. Uh, bitterness or hoppiness? I'd say that uh, there might be some hoppiness in it, but it's not very bitter. I can tell you that. But it's uh, it's not candy-like, and the fruitiness is. Uh, i think it's lemon taste but okay they say on the can or on their home webpage, uh, orange peel peely so i don't know spices yeah i'd say that they're right about that but are there any herbs in it it might be yeah I think so. But I'm not sure. And I have a very hard time with spices and herbs, at least spices. I because it can it can be quenched. It, it it drowns in the other taste, beer taste. It's not like an Indian meal or something. Dinner. Indian dinner, it's its not like that, but uh, there, there can be spices in it and herbs. And I think it is in this one. The undertone is... Uh, well, wheat beer-like, carbonation level, I don't think it's very high. creaminess it's not creamy, it's not acidic, but a little bit sour. If there even is a difference between acidic and sour. I i think that it is. Acidic is for me, for me, it's uh, uh, artificial uh, sourness. While sour is like a lemon sour. So acidic for me is not the same thing as sour. I don't know how it is in English uh, when, when you're an English speaking person. But... Um, there are no aberration in this beer. Okay, let's see here. Uh, it's a little bit yeasty, as I said, uh, or quite much even. Uh, I think I will settle for this, for this time, about the ingredients or the tastes. The ingredients may be different than the taste, sometimes. uh, It can be natural ingredients, it can be uh, artificial ingredients in beers. And uh, sometimes uh, you can't tell. Whether the taste comes from the ingredients or from, I I, I mean, you know that it comes from the ingredients, but you don't know what ingredients they have. Uh, It can be artificial and it can be natural. But anyway, what about grading then? How many devils do I grade this beer? Actually, I I like it more, more and more. So I'd i grade this beer. Uh, it's it's a a little bit odd taste for me, but I've, tr- I've tried beers like taste like taste that tastes like this beer, uh, basically, and. Uh, I, I've tried them before, I usually don't give them high grades. But I think I will grade this beer seven out of ten possible, but and that's because I have um, my certain preferences, and it's not like this. Uh, but it's it's not a very it's not a, it's not a bad beer at all. It's a good beer. It's well crafted. I can I can say that much, and I'll be fair. But it's just my taste buds that it's not the. I mean, this is this is at least as good as many Belgian beers, Belgian wheat beers. It, it is actually, I, I think it is, uh, but Belgians maybe are a little bit more uh, edgy. So seven devils out of 10 possible because of my preferences. Absolutely don't drink and operate heavy machines. Military or civilian, drink responsibly or not at all. Don't drink at all if you're underage or pregnant. This week's lesson is about if Sweden and Finland should join NATO or not. I call this lesson To Be or NATO Be. That is the question. Well, you see the pun. Part 104. Since 2014, a threatening Russian rhetoric, combined with an aggressive behavior on the military air and sea arena, has been displayed towards both Sweden and Finland, mainly regarding our approach to NATO. Russia at one time threatened us, not because we could seek membership in NATO, but because we are approaching NATO. If we should be non-aligned or full-fledged NATO members, boils down to, can NATO, i.e. the US, deploy forces via the Atlantic puddle or via the air and deploy mechanized troops before the one week military resistance is over and Gotland and or Northern Norland and Scania in the south are taken. At a superficial glance, the most important thing seems to be to get help with air forces. But it is not enough having a significant air force to beat the Russians in Northern Norland because the enemy has mobile air defense systems. Therefore. The most important thing for us is that we have our own air defense systems in Norland and preferably land-based cruise missiles with supportive types of UAS and that we can meet the enemy on the ground. The answer to whether the United States can deploy forces in time, I guess depends on their willingness to sacrifice soldiers and tax money for us And it also depends on what kind of military branch and weapon systems we can expect them to help us with, and in which parts of Sweden the war is raging. Air Force reinforcements could, in principle, arrive here before the week is over. But then we may not have any remaining relevant air bases, given that we have probably been combated. Then we are faced with Fait accompli, faiat accompli, for whatever, regarding Gotland's air defense. American air forces need two to four days before they can reach Norway. Marine forces need eight to 14 days and green forces need one to two months before they can reach a Swedish or Norwegian port. What could possibly make a difference on the island of Gotland is, above all, target measuring ability for cruise missiles. That probably requires compatibility in certain areas, because information must be able to be linked and used by a platform with cruise missiles, which is located e.g. in Skagerrak, west of Sweden, in the sea between Norway and Denmark. In Norland, our air bases will probably also be combated. But possibly the railway connection between the Norwegian Trondheim, where the United States has pre-stocked materiel in different mountain rooms and Swedish Luleå is intact or can be repaired quickly. The port of Gothenburg can be used, but Russia can threaten to mine it. Whether they make real of the threat or not, no one will dare to use the harbor before it is mind-searched. If the Finnish army lasts for just over three weeks, a heavy American mechanized brigade with equipment and personnel will be able to deploy, in addition to the combat vehicles that may be pre-stored in a total of eight mountain rooms in the Tröndelags region in norway with transport flights and from there to norland and or finland via the railway but there is no reason to assume that the railway remains intact all the way though all the way may not be needed one can ask whether the swedish influence in the world decreases if we join nato where the enemy always is called russia china or the militant Islamism. But what do the politicians really mean by non-alignment? Do they mean that we should be solitary and alignment-free, read completely alone in the world? Or do they mean that we should safeguard our freedom to choose our alliance partners as we see fit? From the beginning, our neutrality policy was called Alliance in Peace aimed at neutrality in war, when the declaration was first formulated by Olof Palme and the Social Democrats in the early 1970s. The Swedish Social Democrats largely adhere to this declaration today. The declaration is easy to read and it can be interpreted in only two ways. Olof Palme wasn't a cowardly man, on the contrary. But the way the world sees this declaration reads either cowardice or I'm a traitor. The problem for us is that the next war can very well be confined to ourselves and a well-known provocateur, so that we are the ones standing with our pants down. One can look at our non-alignment today as if we want to keep our freedom to act as we see fit or, in other words, to make decisions after our conscience. Praxis is that we choose alliance partners and not only for our own gain. Given the unilateral declaration of solidarity proclamated by our former so-called right-wing government, it is a matter of being free to choose our own alliance partners but the declaration of solidarity was not popular at least not in finland and this is because we cannot back up our former government government's great fine words militarily there is no doubt that as long as the baltic countries can count on american help sweden can count on an american interest in using our territory Ironically, this means that Russia, too, has an interest in using our territory. From that presumption, it becomes a race for Swedish territory. Traditionally, this has been the strongest argument for Swedish neutrality policy. But then we need to be able to control our own territory, and we can hardly do that at present date. The Americans can unload on the Swedish west coast, including at Landwetter Airport, and transport the material on land to the north, east and south. The notion that the Americans may wish to win a minor stalemate in the Baltic Sea can be the main reason why the island of Ireland actually would turn out to be a very strategic island for both the US and Russia. The Americans therefore need many allies in Sweden. They need large sections of the population and defense organization to be NATO friends. The Balkans and Camp Bond have become extremely important for the U.S. Northern European strategy. It is no secret that NATO has been on a charm offensive against several countries in the Balkans in 2016. As a matter of fact, There are four countries in the Balkans that are NATO members today. Montenegro joined 2017 and North Macedonia joined in 2020. The Russians need Visby airport on northern Gotland, which is favored by Gotland being an island. Visby is the largest resort on Gotland and is located on the island's west coast. Each country has unique conditions in unique times. Sweden and Finland have been warned in disguised terms and lately overt terms to join NATO. Our situation can be likened to a trust exercise where a person closes his eyes, crosses his arms and falls back towards a person who is supposed to catch him in his fall. Will the US catch us in our fall backwards? Or will we hit the ground without any possibility of cushioning our fall? On the other hand, Sweden participates in the recurring international joint ventures, Baltops, Northern Coasts, and the Arctic Challenge exercise, where participants from several countries in Europe and the US participate. We are already participating in the RFP, Reserve Forces Pool, within the framework of NATO response forces. Arctic Challenge exercise is led, rotated by Sweden, Finland and Norway. Boltops is led by the United States for best interoperability of the exercise. Do you think that Sweden and Finland should seek to be invited to the NATO membership action plan and join the NATO alliance simultaneously in the near future? Will the US catch us in our, albeit somewhat cushioned fall, to be honest, you think? See you later, alligator at a while, crocodile. Oh, thank you.